Uh, and this, this last week, as we were uh, out, we were in a little town. They did not have a church that we could go to, so thankful that we have online. And with that, I uh, got to listen to the different messages uh, that were preached. And with, with that, even this morning, one of our guests that was with us last week, uh, he was here, uh, Michael was here Sunday morning and Sunday night, and he told me, he said, well, he says, you're the pastor. He said, but those other guys, they can preach. And so I guess now my, uh, uh, my standing is a little shaky. Uh, but uh, anyway, but we listened to the message and uh, the Sunday morning message, uh, Brother Franklin preached, and it was the best Sunday, mor- Sunday message or the best message I've ever heard you preach. Uh, it was the only one I ever heard you preach. No, just kidding. <laughs> No, it was, it was the best message that I had heard him preach. And it was just a blessing to see uh, the, the truths that he laid out, the transparency and how he did so. It was just a, a good message and so thankful uh, for the, uh, the leadership that we have, the people that can, uh, that can just keep on serving. And that's important for a church to have uh, the, the strength within uh, the body of believers to where it's not just the pastor. It can't just be the pastor. Uh, all of us uh, need to take ownership of the church and, uh, and, and be what we need to be uh, for the body. Uh, but he, met, he preached a message and it was entitled, Why Not Christ? And then in the message, he said, I was going to preach why Christ, the pastor will preach that message. So I said, well, I guess I know what I'm preaching. Uh, And so uh, anyway, I had a different uh, direction that I was going, and I just kept bringing me back to that thought, uh, why Christ? And so this morning, that's the title of the message, is why Christ? And so we're going to look at this, and why should we choose to follow Christ? Why should we choose to follow Christ? Why should I choose Christ to be my Savior? Why should I, if I've chose him to be my Savior, why should I follow him? And that's a decision everybody has to make. This morning we had our core class and we were just talking about uh, the foundation of the church and uh, what we believe as a Baptist church. And uh, so I had 12 more points that we didn't get to. And so we'll have to catch those next week. Uh, but but there, is, there is so much to be able to grab a hold of, but we have to individually make decisions uh, in our faith. And so why Christ? And let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. I uh, pray that you would help me to be a help. Uh, may you be glorified uh, in the message. And uh, Lord, help us to grow in our faith today. Uh, may you just teach us and lead us and guide us. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. All right. So here, when we look at this, uh, why Christ? There's a, uh, I'm I'm grabbing some uh, other notes here in case my iPad dies because all of a sudden it's showing that I am about ready to to die. That would not be good. 
There we go. I've got to back up now. All right. So uh, with, with our faith, uh, we need to have a purpose in our faith. We need to be able to know what we believe and why we believe it. The Apostle Paul, was a, he was a, uh, a firm believer in what we would call apologetics. Uh, the word apologetics literally means the defending of our faith. And you and I, the Apostle Peter, he said that, in chapter 3, that we should be able to give an answer of the hope that is in us. And you and I, we should be able to convey to other people what we believe and why. It should not be that uh, that's what my my church believes. If a coworker asks you about your faith, well, why do you go to church? Well, you know, I just feel like I need to go to church. There should be something more than that. There should be a foundation of why you are doing what you do. If somebody asks you why you go to church so often, you should have a biblical answer. You should be able to give a reason why, according to God's word, why you do that. How we live, how how we engage in society, and, and also the doctrines of our faith. We should be able to defend them. Uh, and we, that is a process of growth. That's why it's so important to be in church. Uh, and to learn and to, ha- to have a heart uh, that is a learner. We should always be learning. Uh, we should uh, continually uh, be learners. But uh, we see that in the scripture uh, that we should be able to give an answer. Uh, but uh, when we're asked uh, that question, uh, why Christ? Uh, if somebody asks us, well, why did you choose Christ? Why are you a Christian Uh, we should be able to give some answers. And so uh, with that, uh, we're going to look at uh, our our, uh, verses. Uh, The text verse is going to be number uh, 6, John 14, 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So why Christ? Why choose Christ? Uh, Maybe you're here this morning and you don't know uh, about the faith. You don't know Christ as your personal Savior. Uh, why should you choose Christ? Uh, number one, uh, he is the way. Amen. He is the way. Uh, and the reality, he is the way of more than just salvation. But he is the way of salvation. Uh, scripture declares it. And you say, well, you know, that's just what the Bible says. Well, the Bible says it. You can't have faith outside the Bible. Your faith has to be able to be founded on something. And the word of God uh, is God's revelation to man. And so the word of God, we have to at some point embrace uh, the word of God. Uh, When we look at Baptist doctrine, uh, biblical authority, foundation, the Bible's first. We have to have a foundation for our faith. Now, our our faith is uh, in the, the word of God for what God says, but the heavens, Psalm uh, 119, uh, Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. Uh, so, so not only do we have the word of God, then we have the heavens that declare who God is. But not only do we have the word of God and the, the uh, heavens, the creation that declares God's glory, we also have a spirit of God. And the Spirit of God for the believer bears witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. 
but the Spirit of God also conveys to the unbeliever what truth is. Have you ever, have you ever had somebody teach something and you had not learned that before? And you were, you were listening uh, and the preacher is preaching or teaching and all of a sudden it's like, man, I'd never heard that before. But inside the Spirit of God was saying, that's right. That's right. I remember as a lost young person sitting in church, I have no idea what the preacher preached. I went to church because I was being made to go, and I'm sitting in that service, the first service, and with that, uh, the everything that was said, I just knew was right. Why was it? Because the Spirit of God was revealing to me that that was true, that was right, and that I should put my faith in what I was being taught and told. And so, uh, so we have to see, first of all, uh, that he is the way. Jesus said it. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the way. Uh, so the way, that, that term is, is, is contextually telling us that way, what was the way to? It was the way to the Father. So he is, he is telling how to get to the Father. And so uh, he said uh, in John 14, 2, he said, in my Father's house are many mansions. So he is talking about where the Father is, and he is telling uh, how to get to him. Uh, in Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 7, uh, Matthew 6, 7 through 10, he said, but when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be ye not li therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, what? Which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So when Jesus is talking about the Father and he said, uh, he said, I am the way, he was telling them that the way to the Father, the way to get to the Father's house was through Jesus. There is only one way to heaven. Just one. There isn't a Baptist way to heaven. There isn't a Catholic way to heaven. There isn't a Mormon way to heaven. There isn't Jehovah's false witness way to heaven. There is, there is one way to heaven. And it's through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way. And the Father is in heaven. And if anybody is going to get to heaven, they are going to get to heaven through the Son. Through that personal relationship. Jesus Christ, God's Son, He came to this earth. He suffered your sin debt and my sin debt. He died on that cross. He was buried. And we sang about it. Then came the morning. Uh, he rose again. It was because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ fulfilling, proving that he was not just another man. He was not a prophet, as the Muslims will say. He is God. And Jesus Christ, uh, as God, is the only way to heaven. Jesus said, if you're going to get to the Father, you're going to come through me. Jesus saith unto them, I am the way. I am the way. And this morning, if you're saved, you are saved because you put your faith in Christ.
You asked him to be your savior. You trusted his death, his burial, his resurrection to pay your sin debt. And by faith, you became a child of God. Uh, in John chapter three, we see that being called being born again. So being saved. When I first got saved, I was so confused. There were so many terms that meant the same thing. Uh, being saved. Have you been saved? I don't know. Have you been born again? What are you talking about? I have no idea. There are all these terms of being saved, being redeemed, being born again. They're all referring to a person that has put their faith in Christ for salvation. And if you've done that, the Bible says that you are a child of God. You are saved, all right? Uh, he that believeth hath the Son. And when you have the Son, you have life. So uh, Jesus is the way. He is the way to the Father. He is the way to heaven. Jesus is the way. Secondly, why Christ? He's the truth. He's the truth. We are in a world that is bereft of truth. People keep talking about my truth. There's no such thing as your truth. There's no such thing as my truth. There is truth and there is error. And it doesn't matter who is proclaiming it. It's either right or it's wrong. We have no problem with that when it comes to math. Right? Now, we can get into English and you can have debates. There are, there are English scholars that will, uh, will say, well, this word is this, and another one that will say that this word is this, and they will diagram them differently. Uh, commas. I get corrected on my commas all the time. Uh, I have everything proofread, uh, and uh, Rachel, she is the one that usually hits me on my commas. Well, you, just, you can't just add punctuation because you want to add punctuation. I said, I can add punctuation in where I want to add punctuation. Uh, and so a comma to me is a little bit of a, a pause and I'm going to change into something different. And so, uh, so we'll go back and forth on some of that. Uh, but when it comes to truth, there's right and there's wrong. Truth is not inclusive. That, little, that word right there, boy, that's a, that's a hot topic word right now, isn't it? Truth is not inclusive. Truth is exclusive. Truth says this is right, and what does that do? It reveals, it, it manifests, it shows everything that is wrong. It is light, and the light points out darkness. It reveals what is error. And so Jesus says, I am the way, but he says, I am the truth. Uh, he is the truth. Uh, John chapter one, verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, even the glory of the only begotten uh, of the father, full of grace and truth. John 1, 17, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth 
came by Jesus Christ. John chapter 14. Uh, so Jesus is the one that has brought truth. He is truth. He reveals what is true. He reveals what is error. John 14, 23. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my father will love him, and, he, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the words which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. What do we see? We see that there is truth, and Jesus, he brings truth. And if we are not following him, then we are not abiding with the Father. We are not obeying. What is it doing? It's revealing the error. That's why it's so important for us to stay in the book. What does God's word say? You know, church should be a place where we come, we find out what God says, how it applies to our life, and then we should just follow it. Why? Because that's what Jesus does. He, he reveals. You get into your Bible, you study it through, throughout the week, and the Lord points something out to you. You should, you should allow the Spirit of God to lead you and to guide you. Uh, so uh, we see that, uh, John six fourteen. Then those men which they had seen the miracle that Jesus did said, this is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. What, what happened? His his words, his actions revealed that he was truth. Jesus is truth. So whatever he tells us is true. Have, have your parents ever told you something that you didn't like? Have they ever told you to do something that you didn't like? Sure. Sure. But with that, there was a trust in who they were, and so you did what you were supposed to do. This is how God talks to us, through his word. And with that, then, we should, as that truth is presented, we should allow it to impact our life. Uh, John 8, 32, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, when you got saved, you didn't, I didn't know the Lord. I got saved 14 years old. I didn't know anything about church. I, uh, but as I learned, and as I grew, and I was understanding and being taught, uh, what, did I, what did I do? I started to, put, to allow God's word to impact my life, and it changed how I lived. And you know what it did? It set me free. It set me free not only of my uh, eternal sin condemnation, it also set me free down here. In life, when we follow the Lord, it sets us free. You know what? If you're following the Lord, you're not going to have to worry about drug addiction. Amen. Boy, don't get quiet on me. You're not going to have, if you're following the Lord, you're not going to have to worry about being an alcoholic. Why? Because we're going to allow his actions to impact our life and what we do is going to result from that. You know what that does? It breaks the bonds. It breaks the bonds. It breaks the chains of sin uh, in your life. It sets us free. Uh, it sets us free in our relationships. 
you're following the Lord and your wife is following the Lord, it is going to bless your marriage. It's going to bless your marriage. Why? Because you're allowing the Spirit of God, truth, to impact your life. And that truth is going to help you be who you're supposed to be. And in doing so, you are going to be the one uh, that is blessed. You are the one uh, that is going to, to, to be helped. Uh, so truth, it's not subjective. Truth is not inclusive. Truth is exclusive. Truth is exclusive. It reveals what is not true. First John 2, verse 22. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. You know what? The Lord just said, listen, I'm the way, I'm the truth. And if there is someone that's saying otherwise than that, he said they're a liar. Uh, that doesn't sound too inclusive to me. He said, well, you guys, you're just so dogmatic. No, it's just true. Why should I have to apologize for truth? We shouldn't. We shouldn't apologize for truth. Now, with that, truth is, it confronts us. Truth, it convicts us. But when we conform to truth, we are the one that is blessed. And so, uh, truth. Uh, Jesus is the truth. Uh, so, 1 John 4, 3. Every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come. Even now already is it in the world. And even in Jesus' day uh, in first century Christianity, uh, there were others that were promoting that somebody else was the Messiah, promoting that somebody else was the way. The way. And here, Scripture is just revealing uh, that that is the spirit of Antichrist, uh, and they are not of God. Second John 7, for many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an Antichrist. So, uh, Jesus is truth. Jesus is absolute truth. He is truth. So he is the way, he is the truth. Now, uh, Titus 1-2, the Bible says, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie. Promised before the world began. Our faith is based on God keeping his word. You know what? I will fail you. You will probably fail me. But God will never fail. God's word always comes true. If he said it, it's true. You know, that little statement, God said it, I believe it, that's good enough for me. No, just God, God said it, that settles it. God said it. Whether I believe it or not doesn't change the fact that it's true. If God said it, it's true. Our faith needs to be in, in him. He said, I am the way, I am the truth. And the devil, he is a liar. He's a liar. He, he is 
He is a counterfeiter. So in John chapter 8, he said in verse 44, ye are of your father the devil. Now, who's he talking to? He's talking to a religious crowd. He's talking to people that had the Bible, they had the law, but they did not accept that Jesus was Christ. He was the Messiah. And so because of that, uh, they, they were following something else. And he said, ye are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your fathers ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. So, so we have Jesus who is truth. We have the devil who is a liar. And anything that is against what Christ said is a lie. Any other religion that says that there's another way, they're liars. And those lies came of their father, the devil. Now, the problem comes that good people can be wrong. And Just because somebody believes something different doesn't mean that they're an evil, wicked, bad person. But it doesn't change that they're wrong. Have you ever been sincerely wrong? There have been times when I have been sincere, but I was wrong. And we can be sincerely wrong. What reveals what is right? The truth. And Jesus is truth. So we've got to grab a hold of that, uh, that we are going to trust him. Uh, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's true. I don't care what the scientists say. God created the heavens and the earth. You say, well, science says otherwise. Science keeps changing. Don't you remember about two years ago? And last year and today, it keeps on changing. They keep changing their positions. They keep changing their their rhetoric, if you would. There is an agenda behind it. Uh, Just because somebody says it's scientifically, scientifically proven, that doesn't mean it's true. There have been things. George Washington, he died because he was sick, and they bled him to death. Science used to believe that if you let the bad blood out, you'll live. That was science of the day. They were wrong. The Bible tells us that the life of the flesh is in the blood. All they had to do was look at their Bible to see that 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 position was a wrong position. But science of the day said it. And so here when we look at at the, uh, the truth... Jesus is true. And as a believer, we need to embrace that. Uh, God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, That's true. God loves you. That's true. God loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God loves you. That's true. Have you ever felt like you didn't sense God's love? 
It doesn't change the truth. God loves you. You say, well, I failed him. God couldn't love me. No, God loves you. In that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ knows us. Christ loves us. In spite of ourselves, God loves you this morning. And, and that's true. And we've just got to believe it. Why? Because God reveals that to us. God created the heavens. That's true. God loves you. That's true. God hates sin. That's true. God hates sin. God doesn't just dislike sin. God hates sin. He hates it. Romans chapter 6, verse 23, for the wages of sin is death. There is a penalty for sin. God hates sin. And as a believer, we shouldn't live our life according to our flesh. We are to die to self. And uh, that principle uh, is there. Why? Because God hates sin. First Peter, he tells us that, uh, that God, uh, God, is, uh, God is a holy God. He is a just God. And in that, his holiness and in his, uh, his purity, uh, God hates sin. Uh, and we need, to, we need to follow him. Uh, so God God, God hates sin. Uh, the truth is God sent his son to redeem man. That's truth. He said, I am the way, the truth. God hates sin, but God sent his son to redeem man. Aren't we glad? If you're saved this morning, don't get over your salvation. Don't minimize the grandeur of how good God is that he would send his own son. John 3, 17, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him, Jesus, they might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. God sent his son into the world to save, to redeem man. God loves you and God was willing to save you. Now, if you have accepted him, then that, that's established. You are born into God's family. He doesn't disown his children. But if you're not saved, there's only one way. Jesus said, I am the way. He said, I am the truth. But lastly, I want you to see he said, I am the life. I am the life. Now, with that, when we say that Jesus is the life, is he the way of eternal life? Absolutely. But this morning, I want to tell, tell you that Jesus is the life now. He is the, the way of life even now. John 10, 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. You know what? The Lord wants you to have life. Young people, following the Lord will bring more joy and fulfillment in your life than anything else. Adults, Following the Lord will bring more joy and fulfillment in your life than anything else.
Why? Because he is the life. He is the one that he, he gives life. He is the life giver. But it's not just for eternal life. He is the way to, for us to have life even now. Don't wait to get to heaven to enjoy being a Christian, being saved. Enjoy it now. Follow the Lord now. Don't get to the end of your life and say, well, I wish I would have followed him. Follow him now. Some of you, uh, you are among the, the gray hair, no hair crowd. Follow him now. You say, well, I haven't followed him earlier in my life. Well, follow him now. You can't change the past, but you can change from this point forward. Uh, you're just hearing truth and you're listening to what God has for you. You can't change what the past has been, but you can change from this point forward. And the Lord has life. He has abundant life uh, planned for you. Uh, eternal life uh, is what he will give us. But not only eternal life, he will give us abundant life. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. One of my favorite songs, Oh, what a Savior. Oh, what a Savior. Oh, what a Savior is mine unto the... Uh, unto the uttermost, marvelous, glorious, oh, what a Savior is mine. What do, we, what do we see with that song? We see that God is good. And he is, he is worthy of our following him. And as we follow, as we learn, as we grow in our faith, uh, we are the ones uh, that is blessed. Uh, the Lord gives us life. He gives us abundant life. He gives us a blessed life. He gives us a purposeful life. He gives us a fulfilling life. He gives us a principled life. He gives us a prosperous life. You say, oh, pastor, are you preaching uh, prosperity gospel? No, but there are principles in God's word that teach us how to prosper in this life, how to, how to be blessed in this life. And, and it's not rocket science. He says, it's just so complicated. No, this guy right here can get it. I can get a glimpse of it, uh, and it's not rocket science. If it was rocket science, I, I would be left out. Uh, but we, we have a God who wants us to enjoy the life that he has given to us. He is, Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. You know, when we, when we embrace the Savior, what do we find? We find that Christ didn't come to condemn us. You're saved this morning. You struggle with things in your life. Christ didn't come to condemn the world. Christ came that the world through him might be saved. We have a Savior that loves us. We have a God that loves us. That's true. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So as we are living our life, as we are establishing our faith, why should I choose Christ? Because he's the way. He's the way to heaven. Are you saved this morning? Amen. Go back into your mind, a time, a place, where by faith you accepted Christ. He's the way. He is the truth. We hear God's word taught. 
preached. I give you enough verses. On average, I give you 40 verse, 35 to 40 verses per message. What I preach is not carry 101. Say, what should my response be to that then? My response, your response should be, that's true. It's in God's word. That means that that should impact how I live. That should impact how I believe. Oh, we went to meddling, didn't we? You see, if I am supposed to preach truth, what are you supposed to do with, with it? Christian life is not a, it's not a spectator sport. You didn't come in this morning to see a performance. No, we come into church to be around God's people, to be edified, built up, strengthened, and for us then to edify, build up, and strengthen others that are there, for us to grow, for us to glorify God. Amen? But with that, if I'm supposed to preach truth, you're supposed to receive truth. Amen? So where's our heart? Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Why Christ? Those three answers right there should just solidify why I have chosen Christ. He is the way. He's the way to heaven. He is true. He is not, he is not lying to me. It is not just some religious order that's being given. It's true. And then there's life. He's the way to life. Eternal and for the right now, for right now. In the temporal life, the blessings come from following him. Why Christ? Now, if you're not saved this morning, you need to choose Christ. You need to choose him. You need to accept him. If you have accepted him, how are we doing on receiving what he said? How are we doing on our following him, his word? Why Christ? Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your word. And thank you for revealing yourself to us uh, through your word. Thank you for the spirit of God to convey what truth is and help us to have a heart that is receptive to your leading in our lives. And so help us to follow you. I pray that you'd bless this morning. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Maybe you're here this morning.